0: Well, it's so good to be back with you again, and I can't wait to open God's Word this morning. I hope that this week you were able to get outside and enjoy uh, God's creation outside a little bit with the beautiful, beautiful weather that we had this past week. I want to dive in to the Scriptures, because today we're talking about persevering through hard times. Persevering through hard times. We're talking about that, that word perseverance today. And so I want to pray for us, and then we're going to dive right. And God, I pray that as we unpack this today that you'd be with us. God, that you'd give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you want to say to your church today. And God, help us. Give us the strength to walk in this season well, God, it's one thing to walk into the season. It's another thing to walk in it well. And so I pray that we would walk in it well for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I was talking to a friend of mine today, earlier today actually, and, uh, and one of the things we talked about was when it comes to perseverance, the tough thing, the, the, the tough thing about perseverance is you can't learn it unless you go through something tough right? Typically we can't learn perseverance until we go through hard things, right? And, and so I, I think of James in James chapter 1 when he says, consider it joy, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of various kinds when you have to persevere. And, uh, and, and I think the call of Scripture is for us to persevere well. And I, and I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm finding that a little challenging to do these days. It feels like we're on quite the roller coaster. And uh, that that might be a good time for you in your living room to say amen right there. That it feels like, you know, one minute things are okay. I've got a decent perspective on this thing. And then the next minute, way I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. D-U-N, done. And um, I know that's not how you spell uh, done. It's two U's. Anyway. But I'm excited to unpack this from Scripture today, but in the midst, right, in the midst of our culture, in the midst of the new challenges that we are facing, we've got to figure out, and I believe Scripture talks about it, how to overcome and remain, here's a word, vibrant. We're called to joy, right? We're going to talk about that next Sunday to wrap this series up, that we're called to joy. We're called to walk in joy. And so in our perseverance in this ever-changing culture, right, we've got to figure out how to uh, remain vibrant and how to overcome this. And Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I believe lays this out. I believe lays this out. I want us to focus on verses 7 through 16, but I want to jump back to verse 1 and read the whole concept. Context of our passage here this morning. Paul starts in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, Therefore, having this ministry, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Listen, listen, since we have this ministry is what Paul is saying, right? And we can't lose sight, church, of the fact that no matter what happens, no matter what you're doing, you still have a calling in life. COVID or no COVID, right? If it, I mean, I mean, think about this for a moment, church. I I was thinking about this this past week. If it wasn't COVID, It'd be something else. I mean, sure, we might not be wearing masks. We, not, we might not be wearing, you know, you know the, the social distancing and all the different things, which, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like the, the social distance term anymore. I'm kind of, I'm done with that. I think we should call it spatial distance, you know, because we don't want to be socially distant, right? And so we're putting that, you know, anyway, anyway, sorry, rabbit trail. But it might not be that, right? But it would be something, it would be something. We would find something else challenging about 2020, right? It would be something. And, and this message today would still apply no matter what. I mean, some of you are like, yeah, COVID might be the least of my worries. I've got a family member, right? Or I've got this, or I've got, I've got that, that that is consuming my thoughts and consuming my mind. And so you're thinking, yeah, I mean, we've got to persevere through COVID, but I've got to persevere through this family crisis, through this financial crisis, through this marriage crisis, through this, you know, relationship crisis, through this kid crisis. And so if it wasn't Covid to be something else, but but regardless, right? Paul's saying, therefore, having this ministry, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. See, somebody might need to hear this right now, and 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 uh, and and that's it. We do not lose heart. I want you to see the resolve there. We're going to talk about that more in a few minutes. Verse two, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We ref- we refuse. We refuse. Look at his um um. um Uh, resolve here. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would condemn ourselves to everyone's conscience and the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled... now, here's, here's what I want us to get, because we're not going to spend a ton of time right here, but Paul is laying out, our, lay, Paul's laying out our purpose, his purpose, in light of the gospel, right? He's saying, this is not about me. This is not about us. This is about the glory of God. This is the gospel. This is the gospel, And so he's talking about not taking it for granted. He's talking about being grounded. He's not being a quitter. He's talking about our purpose in light of the gospel. Verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. Purpose, here it's coming. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Now I want you to see something here. Paul says in verse 8, we are aff- afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to, to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies for we who live... Are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. I want you to see something here from Paul, and and again we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna move because I want I want to really get to um, I really want to get to verses sixteen through eighteen. But so we're gonna move we're gonna move through this. But but Paul is saying, listen, we're afflicted in every way. We're afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're struggling, but we're not forsaken. We're beat down, but we're not destroyed. Since, verse 13, we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written. I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus from will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence for it is all for your sake so that as grace extends to more and more people it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Even though they're afflicted, even though they're persecuted, even though they're beat down, even though they're driven to despair, even though... Their thanksgiving increases. Why? To the glory of God because that is the ultimate victory as a result of their faith. That's strong. And so basically, in light of the gospel, right, in light of the gospel, as Paul is talking about here, which again, the gospel is the good news of Jesus, right? And and, and so in light of this, in light of the good news of Jesus, Paul is saying that I increase in thanksgiving, I can walk in joy, I can grow in faith, even in this persecution, even in this affliction for His glory. Because it's about him. Verse 16. And this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time together. So we do not lose heart. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And I want you to get this. For this light. A momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Are eternal. Preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Yeah, I think of the book of Habakkuk, and we talk about this verse a lot in light of what God's done here at Summit over the last couple of years. But but, but God says to Habakkuk, he says, he says, listen, I'm doing a work that you wouldn't even have believed if I'd told you. I'm doing a work that you wouldn't even believe if I told you, and I believe, I believe we're seeing that, church. I believe we're seeing that, that if we step outside of our, of our of our comforts right of our of our discomforts right now as a result of, of of this pandemic and listen i'm not discrediting that i'm not discrediting that whatsoever there are a lot of feelings and we've talked about that over the last couple of weeks grieving what's been lost and the anxiety and the the depression of the thing but we have to figure out a way to keep walking to keep walking uh, my gym has been very active through this, and and one of our owners. Uh, it, was, it was a little early on in this and, and, and uh, just talking about, you know, getting moving and, you know, how the, the COVID tiredness or whatever um, was just getting to, uh, getting to him and he hadn't worked out, you know, in a while and, 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 and uh, he, he came up with this thing. I think it's a great title for a book or something uh, and, and it, it became a hashtag at the gym for, for during this season, just put your shoes on. Just put your shoes on right? And that's an example, right? That we've got to keep moving. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep doing something. Even though structure has changed, even though things have shifted, this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. I'm doing a work that you wouldn't even have believed if I told you. I'm doing a work that you wouldn't even believe if I told you. So how do we prepare for perseverance? How do we prepare for perseverance. I want to get, I want to get down to this. And again, we're going to look at verses 16 through 18 a little more in depth. And the first way, the first thing that we've got to look at here is in verse 16, and that is our strength. In order to properly prepare to persevere, in order to hit tomorrow, hit the ground running tomorrow, we've got to understand the strength that we have in Jesus. So we do not lose heart. I want you to see there, Paul's resolve. Paul's resolve, he says, we do not lose heart, we do not give up. This is spoken in light of Paul, what, what Paul had said, that he was afflicted in every way, that he was persecuted, that he was perplexed, that he was um, 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 struck down, right? But, and so he's, he's saying this, but he's saying the strength, the resolve comes from Jesus. He should be at the center of our lives. Jesus should be at the center of our lives. We have, if we are children of Christ, great confidence in Him. Great confidence in Him. If we, if we look back over our lives and we see the ways that God's provided and the way that He's shown up in the past and the way that He's worked things out, right? And listen, life is difficult. And I'm sure we've all been tempted to abandon the work I'm sure we've all been tempted to kind of throw in the towel. I'm sure we've all been tempted to kind of give up one thing or another. But one thing's for sure, our strength is renewed in Christ. In the midst of the greatest adversity, when many had abandoned the faith, Paul and those who were with him committed to remaining strong in Jesus. They didn't faint in the face of difficulty Because we don't stand on our own strength. The resolve. So we do not lose heart. We talked about it earlier, right? Having this ministry, we do not lose heart. He says it there a couple of times in chapter four. And then we look at our restraint. Our restraint, our limitations. Though our outer self is wasting away, right? Though our outer self is wasting away, even though the outer person is wasting away, Paul was well aware of his limitations, Paul was well aware of the limitations in the human body. We're prone to sickness. We're prone to ailments. We're prone to exhaustion and fatigue and decay, right? We're prone to these things. And Paul knew that he lived in a physical body that wouldn't last forever. His earthly body grew older each day. And with the aging process, he faced new challenges. I said this last week on the virtual lobby that uh, my birthday's coming up. And and uh, and and i you know, I'll spare you how old I'm gonna be, 'cause I I know I know some of you watching are are older, and I, I'm not I'm not trying to offend anybody, but. Um, uh Kristen made the comment recently while we were eating breakfast one morning, and I was, you know, taking, uh, taking my daily medicine. I, t- I take some vitamins and, I, you know, some uh, different things. I just take some different things. And she made the comment as I was getting everything together, I'm taking an allergy pill a day right now and just do just all the stuff because, you know, beautiful out and I want to be outside and want to be outside without itchy eyes and a headache and, and, and all of that. And, and uh, she made the comment. She's like, you know what? I'm going to get you a pill separator for your birthday. Really? Really? I'm going to get you a pill separator for your birthday. Well, bless her heart. Thank you, honey. Anyway, um, but but Paul knew, right, that he was getting older. Paul knew that he was wasting away. But that's a great example that even though our, 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 our outer self is being wasted away, our inner self is sharp as ever. It's being renewed day by day by day by day. Day by day. And so many of us would do well, right, to serve, many of us, many of us do well serving the Lord when the sun is shining and the seas are calm. And it works for us. But it's during the storms and trials of life that many of us question God's faithfulness and abandon the work. And Paul refused to use this as an excuse. He was not seeking early retirement. Even though ministry was more difficult physically, he remained committed. And we too must resist the urge to abandon the work of ministry when trials and adversity come at us. As long as there's breath in our bodies, we're called to serve the Lord we're called to serve we're called to serve so we so, so then we see in verse 6 our uh, 16 renewed day by day. And then look at verse 17. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Popular verse. Many of you probably knew that verse, could recite that verse. But we see here, we saw the strength. Now we see a useful struggle. Now I want you to say this out loud. Useful struggle, right? Useful struggle. Because it's not just a struggle, it's a useful struggle. And you need to hear me say this, church. I believe I believe that God takes any struggle, and if we'll look at it in the right perspective, it's a useful struggle. For me, I'll be honest, I see this pandemic as a useful struggle in my life. The things that I'm learning, the things that I'm growing in, the things I'm noticing about myself, and then we could blow it up. The things I'm noticing about the church in general and some of the things that we did beforehand and some of the things that we may or may not do on the other side of this thing, right? This was a, this was a beautiful reset. This has the potential to be a beautiful reset. And again, I know there are people on the front lines, and I, and I wouldn't wish the struggle of this on any of you because I know you fought and you fought and you fought. And I know for some of you, life hasn't changed one bit. Except when you go to Hannaford or Walmart, and you've got to stand in line outside and keep six feet, and if you go down the wrong way of the aisle, you get looked at, and thankfully you can wear the mask, and so you can uh, they don't see you know, your face and all of that. It's been nice, because I've been able to walk in a couple places, and well anyway, 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 but a useful struggle, a useful struggle. And, and we see you know how, you know how you know when you've persevered is when you can say, yep, that was a useful struggle. That was a useful struggle. That was a useful struggle. Paul says, for our light affliction. Paul speaks of the light affliction he and others faced. See, many of us, many of us might question his use of words, as one commentary put it, but we must remember that he is dealing here with our perspective. He's dealing with our perspective, this light momentary affliction. There's no doubt that Paul suffered much for the cause of Christ. Most likely, most would have likely abandoned the ministry, and yet Paul remains positive, this light momentary affliction. I'm convinced that he strode to view his suffering in light of the sufferings of Jesus. He, he chose to view any suffering that he was facing in light of the suffering of Jesus. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget, um, there was one day quite a few years ago. Uh, and, and it was just one of those days. It was a bad day and, and, uh, and, and I was in a mood. And, and I was supposed to be going down to a, a concert, a worship night in Boston. And, um, and I had a friend of mine through the Johnny and Friends Disability Ministry that was in a hos- in the hospital, and he was a young boy, he was about five years old at the time, I believe, and, and, and um, and his his name is Bryson, and, and I, uh, and I decided with the friends that I was going down to the worship night with, that we would stop in to the Boston Children's Hospital, and we'd see Bryson, and we'd see B, and, uh, and we'd go, bef- and we'd go to the worship night, and, and, um, I was I was kind of steaming the whole way down, you know, just kind of in a mood. Didn't really want to be going uh, to to the worship night. I had a lot to do. I think it was like a Saturday night, and I was going to be preaching on Sunday, and you know, just just the whole thing. I was doubting all th- th- that this whole thing was a good idea. We got to the children's hospital. Went up and and and, uh, and saw my little buddy Bryson, um, and uh, and I, I remember just talking to he and his mom at, at the time, and. And and finding out Bryson in his short life had had already had like over 50 surgeries, major surgeries in his life to, to fix um, some things, that some of the disabilities that he uh, was born with and that he had. He's since gone to be with the Lord and, and he's worshiping in heaven right now and, and, and I'm, I'm joyful in that for him even though I miss his, his little face and, and, and all of that. And the joy, you walked into his room and the joy that this young man carried was... was um, Oh, what do, you, what do you call it? Contagious. Contagious. And I walked out of that hospital room, got in an elevator, went down and said, you know what, I don't even need to go to the worship night. I ended up going to the worship night because we had bought tickets and all that because I encountered God in that hospital room. Because I, th- I, I thought of the struggles that I'd had that day and they didn't compare. They didn't compare. They didn't compare. And I think of the things that I complain about today. And, and that Paul would have had to complain about. I mean, I mean <laughs> I mean Paul, I don't even compare to Paul anywhere close to Paul. But Paul saying this light and momentary affliction. Why? Because he was thinking about Jesus. He was thinking about the sacrifice of Jesus. And, and we've got to go back and think about that for just a moment because why did Jesus do what he did? Why did Jesus go through what he went through? So that we could have life and have it to the fullest. So that we could be in heaven worshiping him in eternity. So that we could have the same opportunity to have fellowship with the Father. So that's why Paul here uses these terms, this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us, right? An eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And let's move on to verse 18. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We've already talked about this a little bit. But but the last piece here is the focus. The f- the focus. See here he emphasizes our focus. And I've already talked about, right, this light and momentary affliction in light of Jesus, right? But while we not while we look not to the things that are seen, but at the things that are unseen, right? he reminds us that we maintain the spiritual perspective. What is Paul getting at here? That we, even in the midst of COVID, even in the midst of the marriage crisis, even in the midst of the financial crisis, even in the midst of the, of the church crisis, or, or whatever crisis that you're walking in right now, that we keep an eternal perspective. That we keep perspective That we keep focused. That was one of my favorite parts of the conversation that we had with Thad last week around anxiety and depression. That he has, right, this this, this blessing card that he reads every day. Why? Perspective. Perspective, right? Perspective. You know, and and when we stop and think about how blessed we are, Are I mean everybody right now in your living room in your kitchen uh, if you're outside everybody take a deep breath (sighs) perspective there's a breath there's a breath praise God we all just took a breath Paul had learned to look through the eyes of faith beyond his present circumstance he had learned to look beyond his present circumstance if we only see that which is about us, if we only see what's right in front of us, if we only see uh, our difficulties, if we only see our despair, listen to me church, we grow quickly discouraged. We've gotta learn to look through the eyes of faith. We've got to learn to look to the eyes of faith. Look at the second part there. As we look to the things that are uh, seen, but for the things that are seen are transient, right? Our determination for the things that we see, they're transient. We can't allow the trials and the hardships of life to dictate our purpose or our existence. Listen, we must still find the strength and endurance available in Jesus to press on for Him no matter what, no matter what. And then lastly, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The unseen motivated Paul much more than that which he saw and experienced on a daily basis. Much more than that which he experienced on a daily basis. He wanted to do all he could in his present life to honor and glorify God. To honor and glorify God. That was his focus. And listen to me, church. Listen to me, church. Again, again, I want to be real sensitive to this. I want to be real clear about this. In no way, in no way am I trying to lighten this, okay? I, I'm not getting into the conversation. I'm not getting into, I'm not getting into that, okay? I'm, listen to me. I'm trusting God in all of this. And, and when I read this, that whatever struggle we're walking in, we're called to persevere through the light and momentary affliction for the glory of God because there's still work to do. There's still work to do. There's still kingdom work to do in our area. There's still work to do. James 1, I, I mentioned it at the beginning of the message. And again, we're going we're to go with this theme. And so I'm just going to kind of transition this and I'll close. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Whoa, I wish I could stand up and walk around. Listen to me. James says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Right? Why? Because God is doing something. Right? God is doing something in you. I, I said it early on in this thing, but, 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 but I find it interesting, right, that, that immediately after Jesus was baptized, after Jesus was baptized, um, Jesus uh, went into the wilderness, right, for 40 days and 40 nights. And he came out of the wilderness, and, and the devil started to tempt him. Right, the devil started to tempt him, and I've thought for the longest time. I've thought for the longest time that, um, okay, isn't that like the devil, right? To to tempt Jesus when he's weak, when he hadn't eaten for forty days or forty nights, and then just like the devil, what a jerk, you know, to kind of come at Jesus in his weakness in, in his weak moment. But you know, I I was reading a book very early on, I think it was like the first week that we um, were were staying at home and and, and doing virtual church and all of that, I was reading in this book, and, and the author said, we've thought of this all wrong, because spiritually that was when Jesus was at his strongest That was when Jesus was at his strongest. And so Jesus and God knew that when he sent Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights, and the devil was going to come at the end of that thing to tempt him, that Jesus would be at his strongest. Listen, it's when the wilderness, it's in the times that we persevere, when God is preparing, when he's armoring us up. And you know what that means for us, church? I can't wait to see what God has in store for his church, for his people for his children on the other side of COVID. That is a reason right there, church, to get excited. That is a reason right there, church, to stand up off your couch. That is a reason right there, church, to persevere and to stay strong through this thing because God has a plan. His church isn't dead. His church isn't closed. We're just not gathering. It's not that we're going to reopen. We're going to start regathering. We haven't shut down. We're just persevering through this light, momentary affliction to which God is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. And listen to me. It is such a blessing to be your pastor. I can't wait to see what's on the other side of this for His glory, for our church. But you know what I can't wait to see either? It's what God's got in store for you and your family. It has blessed my heart to see how families have grown so strong through this, so much stronger through this. So much stronger through this. Dad's fixing bikes and 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 that's not to say they were they were weak beforehand but dad's fixing bikes and family's going hiking and doing all this listen i can't wait to see how god is going to use this wilderness for his glory do not give up do not lose heart keep pressing in to him. We'll wrap this series up next week. That's my prayer for you today. That's been my prayer for you through this thing. I feel like this message right here has been burning in me since the beginning of this. Do not lose heart. What are some ways that you've gotten com- comfortable and complacent in this time? how can you persevere? How can you flip the ties and say, I'm not complaining about this thing anymore. I'm done. I'm done complaining. I'm done being critical of, of the government. I'm done. Be- I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. With all of that. God, I trust you. And while I've got today, my focus is glorifying you and being who you've created me to be for your glory. God, may it be so. May it be so in our hearts today that, God, you would give us the strength, the focus, the resolve. God, that we, as Thad mentioned last week, God, that we recognize we're powerless that we're broken, and we need your help. And so God, I pray for every person watching this, that they would not give up, that they'd stand up, that they'd put their shoes on, that they'd run the race that you've set out for them, and they'd run it well. And God, for some of us, maybe you need to redefine the word well. Well. But God, would you do that? May it be so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sing with us.